coming up. You're going to question a man who just brought somebody back to life about his activities. But that's the power of a sinful life. That's the point. The sinful life is so powerful that someone coming back from the dead doesn't convince you not to live like that way. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. It's a new year, and while you might be working on keeping those resolutions so you can have the good life you've been longing for, Pastor Robert wants us to examine our thoughts and beliefs on what we call good. Join us for this challenging message series, Living the Good Life. Here's the final part of the message, final determination. Just wait on the Lord. The positive, encouraging promises of God you need to fill your heart and mind with. Not all the all, all of the suffering, all of the disappointments and all that. Because if you don't, you'll become pitiful. You become pitiful. And you now are not leading your own life. So... And on the other side, if you're rich and you got all these good things, you can just, you know, it can start to lead you. It start to tell you what to do. Yeah, go on over there. You know, you got power and influence and money. Go do it. Do what you want to do. You don't matter. You don't have to. You're above the law. How much money you got in the bank? Yeah. Yeah, you're about $5 million above the law. Do what you want. And that's what some folk did when they recently tried to buy their kids college degrees so you see how it can lead you if you don't lead it rich or poor and so remember that they Jesus was saying this on the heels of them challenging him from being welcoming sinners and eating with them because one of the perspective was that if you're rich, you're righteous. If you're poor, you're unrighteous. And so Jesus is trying to tell them, I'm going to tell you a story about a rich man whom you think is righteous ends up in hell and a poor man who you think is unrighteous ends up with God. Tells them a story about it. <laughs> to break that false thinking. Out of their minds. The same is true for us. If we don't feed our minds right, we'll have some false thinking. And it, these things, our life circumstances and situations will lead us. We won't lead them. Lead it. Don't be intoxicated by your conditions. Don't let them control you. Trust in the word of the Lord. Number seven. Truth. There's no second chance after death. There's no second chance after death. Uh, Luke 16, 25, it says, in re Abraham responds to the rich man in his request to have Lazarus come and cool his tongue. He says, 1625, and Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. I like how he said, 
you in your lifetime you receive your good things the things that you saw was good that's what you got and God is telling us just because you declare something is good here that's your declaration and then you experience it you have it you possess it and so now you're saying I have it I'm living good doesn't mean you're gonna take that your decision of good living to the next life and that doesn't mean it's going with you <laughs> only God can determine what's good not us and he says that so now you're in torment and Lazarus received bad things but he's comforted now so we can't be intoxicated by these conditions number seven there's no second chance after death. I said that, saying it again. There's no second chance after death. Luke 16, 26. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from here to us. So Abraham begins to continue to respond to him, and he says... Even if I wanted to send him to you <laughs> to come and dip your tongue, Lazarus says it's impossible for it to happen. I mean, uh, Abraham says it's impossible for Lazarus to go to you or you to come to here because there's a great chasm between the two. And he says here, it's been set in place. <laughs> the, the emphasis here is that God has put this chasm here and it cannot be moved or uh, tr uh, transported through or behind, under, over, through or whatever you want to call it. You can't get past the chasm. <laughs> that I, he can't come to you and you can't come to here. So there's no second chance. Uh, there, there are some uh, religions that teach there is a second chance after death. Jesus says no. Once this life is over, that's it. And he says it's not even possible. Point number eight. We should value the word of God more than our experiences. We should value the word of God more than our experiences. Luke 16, 27 through 29 says, he answered, this is the rich man answering Lazarus, I mean, uh, Abraham's statement. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Okay, I want to pause there for a minute so you can see what's happening here. <laughs> the, the rich man accepts the fact there's a chasm. That he can't come. He says, well, send him to my family, though. My rich family. <laughs> Ain't it funny how hell can turn you into an evangelist? <laughs> He's now wanting Lazarus to go witness to his family. He says, 
I got five brothers who are still on alive. Send Lazarus to them. Ain't that something? He's aware of his living family in the afterlife. He's aware. Not only is he aware, he has care for. And I highlight this for a reason. Because I don't know if we fully understand just how real life will be after this life. It's, it's not a fantasy. It's real. His heart is going out for his five living brothers and he's already on the other side. And he says, send them to them. So they don't come where I am. And then Abraham says in verse 29, Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Look at what Abraham is saying here. The rich man asked for Lazarus to go to tell his brothers about what's happening on the other side. Abraham's response is, God's word is sufficient. I hope y'all getting this, because if God's word was on the stock market, after we just made this statement, it would be a what? A bull market. Was that what they call it? His, 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 his stock would be climbing big time right now of his word. You mean to tell me that God's word has more value and power than somebody coming back from the dead to witness? He says God's word is more important than the experience that Lazarus would give to his brothers after he came back from the dead. <laughs> we should value God's word more than we do. Abraham is saying, if your brothers experienced Lazarus coming back, whom they apparently knew too, and told them about where their brother that died was. He says God's word is even more important than that experience. And we see it, we see it to come, come more to, to face in our next point. Verse point nine. We should not underestimate the power of sinful living. We should not underestimate the power of sinful living. So after Father Abraham tells him that 
the best message your brothers could get is Moses and the prophets to save them from going where you gone, you've gone. And then here in Luke 16, 30 through 31, the rich man replies, no, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. So he's reasoning with Abraham and says that him coming back from the dead is better than God's word that they already have. That's what he's telling Abraham. And then Abraham replies, verse 31, he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Ain't that something? He says, you are duped. You, are, you have a false belief about the power of someone rising from the dead <laughs> to, to convince somebody. You, you got a false belief about it. You're thinking your brothers are going to repent if Lazarus came back and Abraham says, no, it ain't going to happen. They still won't believe <laughs> because the, the Moses and the prophets really has more influence than that does. And, and it had more influence than that in your life <laughs> because I had raised my friend Lazarus from the dead already. You know, he, he had been dead four days. <laughs> and I raised him up. And it didn't make no difference. In many folk. Lazarus got up after four days was walking around. Folks knew Lazarus. It became famed throughout the town that Lazarus was dead. Now he's alive. Jesus did it. Y'all get that? Lazarus was dead. He's now alive, and Jesus brought him back to life. I mean, just think, that's the headline. That's the headline, right? Jesus brought him back to life. And still some folks like, why Jesus over there sitting with the sinners? <laughs> it's like, you're you going to question a man who just brought somebody back to life about his activities. But that's the power of a sinful life. That's the point. The sinful life is so powerful that someone coming back from the dead doesn't convince you not to live like that way. I'm going to say that again. The, the, a sinful life is so powerful, the stronghold is so strong on an individual that someone coming back from the dead won't make you change your way you live. You still keep doing it. Can't can y'all see this? <laughs> Lazarus get up. Folks stand around. See Lazarus come out the tomb. Lazarus coming out all wrapped up as the text says. Right? Been in there four days. And folks looking. Y'all see? <laughs> y'all see? Y'all see Lazarus? <laughs> y'all get it? Uh, shooting dice or whatever you know about to kill somebody whatever sin they're doing and Lazarus walking out and they go like y'all see that it's like that should floor you that should make you drop everything and say what is this but the text is telling us that doesn't have the power 
people still don't believe it. Y'all see, we got to see just how important God's word is. That we are purveyors and conveyors and beholders of the word of God. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God, Jesus is making a point here that put your trust in God's word. And if they don't put their trust in God's word, they're not going to put their trust even in your experience. Because it's insufficient. So we shouldn't play around with sin. And I want to say this. Notice that it doesn't give us any extreme sins of the rich man. It doesn't say that he stole money. He was a cheat. A liar. It don't even say all of that. Far as we know, he would be what might be an upright person in this world today. He just had money. Uh, get this. It, you don't have to be ruthless to go to hell. What causes you to go is that you haven't accepted Christ. That's it. You don't have to be um, so so good, on the other hand, to go to hell. It doesn't, that doesn't get you there either because you just give your money away. That don't get you there. What gets you there is a relationship with Jesus Christ. We read that already. This is why we need to get the message out that it's really about Jesus Christ. It's not about all the sins and all that. It's really a question of Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 says that you are condemned already because you have not believed in the name of the son of Jesus Christ. That's what causes condemnation. So some truths about this story that Jesus told concerning the good life. It's a fact that everyone will die final determination whether or not your life was good or bad will be determined in the afterlife the afterlife in the afterlife your faculties will be fully active and we should lead our lives and not let our lives lead us there's no second chance we should value the word of god more than our experiences and we should under we should not underestimate the power of sinful living Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life 
come into my heart. Take control. Transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. When you're in the arms and under the care of the Father, the Father is protecting you from yourself. When he left the protection of the Father, all of a sudden, he didn't know how to handle the stuff that he had asked for. And I, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I learned some things in my life that God can do more. Thank you for listening.